This week on the Easy Point Podcast, Zach and Jason discuss with Ali, an engineer from the Bay Area, about how to improve points and miles software and make it more accessible to people. We also discuss group buying and the ideas of chartering flights for businesses. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Jason, how are you doing today? Excellent. Good, uh, good afternoon, Zach. Of course, still morning on your part of the world. Uh-huh. What's up? How are you doing? Good. Enjoying, enjoying this natural sunlight that's coming through the windows. And feeling really excited today. Last week, we discussed existing software in the space. And I've been a developer who's uh, based in San Francisco, Bay Area, that I've been working with a little bit, just kind of talking about you know new software ideas for the travel industry in general, as well as some specific ideas in the miles and points space. And lucky enough, he was able to come on today to discuss some of these ideas, you know, his approach to taking kind of use cases in business and creating software to solve them. So without any further ado, Ali, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Zach. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to know you pretty well, but the audience does not. So do you want to kind of talk a little bit about your background? Sure. So I'm Ali. I'm a software engineer. Worked in a bunch of companies, but also started a couple of my own. The last of which was uh, iTaxi, which is the Uber of Africa. And uh, I love your podcast. Learned so many things. And it also gave me a lot of ideas that I would love to share. Great. So what are, what are some of the ideas that from listening to our podcast you have for how to help make this industry a little more efficient? Well, listen, like the usual suspects are making all the things you discussed, the science or the expertise you guys developed, make it more accessible, like democratizing this this field. I mean, a lot of the tools you mentioned last week, uh, you know, like Expert Flyer or Word Hacker, these tools most of people have never heard of. So one angle would be combining all this and packaging it so that even a grandma could use and benefit from. So that's one type of ideas. I'm always looking for. So what would that what would that look like more specifically? Well, how about something as simple as even simpler than like a book inside like Expedia or Booking, where just put all that info together. So you don't have to go to a word hacker to know how many points you're gonna get or where is the point or where is the credit, the other two you mentioned. If you could have just like a single interface where you just enter your info, like depart destination, and maybe some other financial information, if we could connect to your banking info to know your situation, like your cards, your points, your current status, and give you like a real-time suggestion that just that works for your particular situation. Pretty much what you guys are doing by hand, like you had that interesting episode where you were trying to book a flight for somebody going to Australia, and you were looking at his points, his cards, trying to optimize all that. So if the rules are clear to you guys and you can codify them, uh, a developer like myself could write software that will do that automatically. So if the job takes you maybe 30 or 45 minutes with software, in those 30 or 45 minutes, you could process maybe hundreds of people. So that's one kind of ideas. Jason, what are, what are your uh, thoughts on that? Ali, the second you started talking about this, I was, I was really blown away. That's a f- fantastic I, I, I never, you know, I never thought about this myself, but that's a really fantastic program. Just the idea of 
a booking a simple booking site like that everyone uses like kayak for example if it can also tell you the price in in miles and if there's a you know there's a login option where you store your miles there and it sees what miles you have and then it, it would tell you hey cash is you know cash miles or you can cash how much miles you would earn that's fantastic that would be like that's like unreal that's amazing if, if something like that can be developed thanks jason appreciate it and it's all thanks to you for explaining the pains that you're facing in the business and one thing that entrepreneurs try to do is find the painkillers to solve these pains so thanks so when you say this idea ali i think while it would definitely be really difficult i think to kind of like take the intuition experience and knowledge of someone like jason and put it into software it's definitely possible even though it might be a bit difficult and they've they've definitely made software that has kind of taken kind of a, a more complex problem that previously humans only thought other humans can do and now software does much better but in terms of like playing a little bit of devil's advocate the the problem i see with this idea is just that it'll make using miles and points well too accessible so i, I it could go like one of two ways the banks and the airlines could love this because then people are using their miles more often but they're probably going to get much higher cents per points get more value of it so especially if they're booking partner airlines then the bill could start to rack up for the airlines and they're going to make a lot less money from this mileage program which has historically been one of the easiest and lowest variance ways they've made money so what what are your thoughts on that ali i agree with you and hence the importance of the first movers advantage so whoever builds this first and builds enough traction and momentum they'll be the ones capturing the value and the people who be left behind or the people who whose the new uh, configuration doesn't work for well too bad for them that's why you need to move fast and move uh, decisively nice your idea is actually pretty similar i mean basically the same to something i had before and uh, i'm just going to say it for the podcast for the audience if someone wants to go and develop it you know god bless you i wish i had the time to pursue all the ideas that i'd want to pursue but this was when i was working with kind of an entrepreneur who has a chrome extension that is related to this and the idea that i had was kind of a chrome extension that attaches to google flights so when you're looking up flights let's say i want to go from you know new york to london round trip in business class and i'm looking up looking up the the flights just kind of retail and then that extension connects to all of my bank accounts and frequent flyer programs knows the miles and points balances i have and then next to each flight is able to to check if it's available for you automatically like using expert flyer doing kind of a manual search on the back end but you not having to actually search it yourself and then not only telling you okay here's it's available and here's how many miles it costs but then kind of adding in and and codifying some of that you know human intuition and experience and making a recommendation where it's like oh this cash flight is $2300 don't use your miles because blah 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 or oh all the cash flights are this well you should use your miles and then you could tweak that yourself depending on you know your particular financial situation that sounds great it's very similar the same intuition intuition i think it's the same starting point and uh yeah that's great what you mentioned Zach and you mentioned Ali is a very a similar idea which is basically to have a you know a booking tool that's already out there similar to Google flights or kayak 
and either an extension or built into the program itself, something that automatically checks how many miles this would require and knows your mileage balances, etc. They're, they're, they're both fantastic ideas. You would want, you know, you, if you want to make it more user friendly, then it would it would be better off not to have a, like an extension, but rather just a built-in in the program, more like a kayak, like a simple booking tool, you know, with a sign-in option that has your portfolio or your your profile there. These are both fantastic ideas. I like them both. Thanks, Jason. And I actually have another idea for you. If you'd like to hear that, I'm listening. Sure. Great. So. The principle is pretty much the same, removing pain and also democratizing the expertise you have, but now not with Miles, like directly using Miles to book flights, but with another concept I learned from your show, guys, which is churning. So in my experience, I never had more than one credit card at a time, just to keep my things simple and never miss uh, a bill payment. But in one of your shows, you guys discussed how in some quarters you sign up for like six, seven 10 credit cards to benefit from all the bonuses they offer. So that's something that the regular person would not do. So if you could, and because it's a lot of pain and it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, so if you could build a tool that will do that churning for you, a single interface, you sign in or sign up just once and you will get the credit cards under your name automatically, track the minimum spends you need to hit, and they will route your payments, your purchases to the right credit card to score multiple minimal spends, things that you cannot do manually, that I would never do alone by myself. What do you think about that? Uh, so honestly, that's really fantastic. If you, can, if you can make a go of that, it's a little more white glove. It's a little more, there's a lot more data to protect and there's a lot more, you know, it's a little more high risk situation going on there. But something that it, it shouldn't be that difficult. If you would, if you would, let's say, take out the first step, which is to actually sign up for the cards. Signing up for the cards would be, would let's say, be have to be done manually. But once that you receive the cards, you plug in all the info, and it would track everything. That would be amazing, and it would send alerts, or it would give, you know, it would, it would have graphs, it would have charts, uh, make it simple. Then that would be. Beyond amazing, I, I believe there is. No, I don't. I don't know if there is. There, there is similar. There is similar. I don't know how similar a program like Mint or other things that track your, just your credit card balances. But this is a whole nother level. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that it's gonna be difficult to make a program that is going to actually automatically sign you up for the cards. That's gonna be a little bit difficult. Why is that? Because of um, the legalities involved. I'll tell you why, because first off that, I think the banks and the credit card companies are all out against a robotic system that's going to be signing up for credit cards. And I'll tell you why. Imagine someone got a hold of your social security number and date of birth, and then he just plugs this info into your program that you created. And meanwhile, he just signed up for seven credit cards within a, within 10 minutes, and he's spending money on them. And and you don't you don't even realize. So I'm not saying that it cannot be done, but it's it's going to be difficult. There's there's legal and there's there's legal issues possibly, and there's um, the financial the financial institutions are are not pro this. 
I doubt they have. I doubt they have an issue with tracking the spend and the bonuses and the points and all of that aspect after the initial sign up. But the the robotic aspect of signing up, I find that a little be difficult to to get that one done. I understand, and I see where you're coming from. We're approaching this from opposite extremes. You are the expert of the domain. You know all these hurdles, all these headaches. I'm coming from an intuition, naive perspective, a newcomer to this world, thanks to your podcast. So I can think of these things without knowing all the hurdles. And I think that's very healthy. And if we could reach a middle ground where I would say, well, why not be able to sign up for a credit card automatically? I just got a notification from my bank that they could check uh, my FICO score automatically on my behalf. So uh, like, why not book uh, an airplane ticket on behalf of someone? Everybody does it today, but I'm sure maybe 20 years ago, there was there were some legality issues there, sharing your passport number. So maybe that's a hurdle that we crossed. And uh, one motto in Silicon Valley is that don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness, like do it. And once the banks realize what's happening, that there are there is software that's creating credit cards on behalf of people. And if you had moved fast, it would have been too late. It would, you would have created a new reality. Wow. You know, that, that's actually, um, Zach and Ali, uh, that's actually fantastic what you mentioned, Ali. I guess, you, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm, coming from, I'm not coming from a naive perspective. So I guess in this case, to get more done, to accomplish more, the naive approach is actually going to go a lot farther. So... If it could somehow be done, you know, you sign a waiver or you sign something beforehand consenting to this automatic program, then, hey, you never know. It's 2018. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Like, ask your customers to give you this waiver. And if you take a fiduciary duty, you have your commitments, the terms. I think we can we can run with that. And even Mint, you mentioned Mint. Yes, they use a lot of APIs for that. And I was reading about them, how initially uh, they did this without asking for permission. And at one point, they were putting a lot of load on uh, some banks, uh, banks' servers. I think it was Chase. And they shut them off. Classic Chase, grew. by the way. I have to interrupt you guys. Of course, Chase was the one that shut them down first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, then they were already in a position. They had the customer base. People loved Mint. And these banks looked bad that they were shutting off Mint. So if you could have a similar approach where you're providing this churning expertise to people in one click and you get their buy-in, just like people loved Uber and they went even against their own municipalities, their own governments to ask for Uber. So yeah, forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, no, I think I think this is a really strong idea. Definitely, Jason said, it's a bit white glove. You'd have to be in contact with these banks and people there uh, at some point uh, for this to be really successful. And you'd have to be a fiduciary where to apply for other people, you'd have to be able to store basically all the data that you need to do that application, which Ellie, as you said, isn't isn't crazy. And then just be able to automate that application process. And, you know, I'm, I'm even thinking through this now where it's, you know, maybe if you're a fiduciary and you're going to be um, like helping people their minimum spends, why not help them just automatically apply for the best credit cards every single quarter? partner with Credit Karma, use all the data for all their customers and which cards they get approved and not approved for, or use your own data set that takes longer to, to grow 
And then bam, you have a program that automatically applies for the best credit cards every quarter, have a really high success rate getting approved, and then you know automatically tells you which cards you need to use to hit that minimum spend, or routes it for you if you're doing like an online purchase. That's exactly it. Yeah, thanks for summarizing it, Zach. <laughs> Zach, if I may, I feel like the banks might actually end up hating this because <laughs> they're not looking for people to basically be churning. They're, well, you can, you can sort of pitch it to them differently. Uh, you can pitch to them how you want, but they actually, they're trying to like, they're, they're all out against churning and making all these restrictions and the sign-up bonus you cannot get again or you cannot get in twice in, in X amount of months, 24 months or whatnot. So it, it will probably have to be pitched to them in a different, with a different angle, like helping people's credit or whatnot. But if they, they feel or realize, and they will eventually, <laughs> that this is just there in order for people to meet the minimum spend and not really spend much more on their cards, then they're going to end up not liking it. Absolutely, Jason. That's why you should not pitch it to the banks. Pitch it to the people. And you're going to play Robin Hood in this story. The banks are the people who are monopolizing the information and really screwing the people. So you want to empower the people against these banks, not get the bank's permissions beforehand. They will never give it to you. Right. Gotcha. Fair enough. Sounds legit. Okay, Ali, any, any, more, any more ideas up your sleeve? <laughs> I do. Actually, to uh, even uh, make this last idea even stronger, if we could apply another concept I learned from you guys, which is manufactured spending. So once you let people churn their cards quickly to hit those minimum spends, if you can give them a, a framework or a platform where they can manufacture spending easily and establish the trust. So you mentioned, guys, in your podcast that some people would open Amazon stores, they would open uh, like group buying portals just to get people to uh, buy through them and giving the buyers a nice cut, uh, a nice rebate, uh, because the owner of that store will recoup everything through the points and miles that will generate from all that value they sold. So if one could make that even easier, like a turnkey solution, you have your store, enter your cards, and just invite your, your friends or pull all that into one pool of cards and just let people buy and we'll manufacture that spending and make sure everybody hits their minimum spends. What do you think about that? That's, um, that's certainly a great idea. A fantastic idea. Not, not, would not be difficult at all from, from what I understand. I'm not, I'm not into software the least bit, but apparently it looks like you might have listened to the podcast where we talked about you know, people buying um, merchandise or whatnot for other sellers. So I, I recall that every year when the new iPhone comes out, iPhone buyers that want to get their hands on a lot of iPhones would set up groups or have you know a, a base of people that would want to order it for them, and they would get a they would get a commission. Um, and are, and lately, uh, the past couple of years, they some of them have made a, a system, some sort of software, I think where it either automatically, it was a, almost robotically placing the orders with all these people's credit cards that put it in the system, or but it was semi, it was semi-robotic, that's for sure. And that, you know, that was just like a, 
a mom and pop software that was created overnight. But if, if this could be done properly, then then sure, that's a great that's a great idea. It's very organized and not as difficult as some of the other ideas we mentioned for sure. Yeah, I think so too. The building blocks seem to be out there. So it's so an effort of integration and aggregation, which is easier than starting something from scratch. Wow. So I, you've given us three really great ideas, and I've had some really interesting discussion. Is there, is there another idea in that in the head of yours? Is there enough room? Or Guess we... what? Yes, there is one. <laughs> okay, let's hear it, man. All right, it's going to be the last one. Like I'm, I'm the type of person who gets ideas by the dozen, so uh -huh. I have to be very disciplined to pick one and work hard on that. And it's all these ideas are all because of your rich conversations. And thanks a lot, Jason, for sharing you know, all your knowledge or your expertise. So the idea, again, in the same vein, it is group buying for plane tickets. So today you could go as a group to an airline and buy six, 10 seats at a time, and you get, you get a rebate. And every company has its rules. I've checked a couple. Like some will tell you, you have to commit three days in advance. You don't have to give us all the names, you know, just commit to the number of seats. Well, if one could centralize all that logic and let people even who are not coming as a group but coming as an individual and you group them together and negotiate on their behalf with the airline to get those seats and ultimately if you can build groups big enough to even charter the plane yourself because you had 200 people commit to a flight from LA to New York two weeks from now so yeah that's the idea buying in groups building those groups, like, like a Groupon, but reversed. Instead of Groupon doing the work upfront, preparing the deal, then presenting it to the people, here, you group the people, then go negotiate on their behalf to prepare the deal. What do you think of this, guys? Zach, what do you think? I think it's great, and I think it, it works for a whole variety of different, different classes. You, know, you could do this for major groups, even for economy flights. You can do this, you know, I know business class flights, you don't need to get that much of a group to start having some pretty substantial savings. And then Ali, I know we spoke about this over the weekend, but charter flights. And if you get enough people, uh, especially if you're you're going from one part of a world to, to another, where the only way to do that is with, you know, one or two stops, the economics on, you know, getting a whole group of people together to do that flight together uh, start to become pretty attractive at probably not too many people. I know... I had a great conversation with a Jordanian travel agent, Ismail at La Beduina Tours. I'll link to that in the show notes. Best tour guide, best tour company in Jordan. And was talking about how a lot of his clients like are, are coming from Europe and they'll fly directly to the Aqaba airport, which is kind of, you know, only has a few commercial flights. But it's really not that expensive if you're going to, you know, charter a jet, you bring over 30 people. It's not going to cost more than a few hundred dollars per person for that, you know, three to five hour flight from wherever in Europe you're going. And the experience of that and flying to like a small airport by in, in Aqaba, right by the some of the best uh, scuba diving in the in the world is uh, pretty attractive. Man, that's great. What do you think, Jason? There's a lot of variety here. So we're talking about everyday usages, which we'll get to. And then there's like specialty cases like like zach was mentioning let's say there's a there's like a special event or a special conference now the airlines are not necessarily going to create additional flights to serve you know to service those extra 
seats that are needed. Let, let's say, yeah, you know, now just actually um, this weekend, there's something big going on in, in um, Guangzhou, China, some, some sort of show. And most of the flights are sold out or very expensive. And I was helping someone look for a flight. So it's possible that, there, that if there's sort of a group base, if there's some sort of like people would basically sign up and say they were interested in, in flying this route and this time and there's this much flexible and this is their price range. That's a great idea. If the airlines could, or, or, or group travel agents could be on that interface as well, could see what people are interested in, and then give offers, and that that would be a very nice idea. Um, for the everyday, I'm not yet didn't register yet in my brain to see how this would, you know, how this would work very well for everyday, for everyday flights, but certainly for you know for the smaller non-constant routes or something that need a little bit extra capacity, it certainly could be a very good idea. I agree 100%, Jason. And in fact, when I was thinking about this, I said it would be better to have a B2B play instead of presenting this to uh, consumers directly, go through these traveling agencies and help the travel agencies pool their customer bases to charter to fill uh, a plane. And, you know, for, for a person like myself, I would be interested in, because I, I live in Spain, when I need to travel to, to Morocco, you know, the plane tickets are complicated, a good one is very expensive, but I know that I can commit to, to a ticket at least a month in advance for me to work out my vacation schedule with work, with family. I know that a month in advance, I'll buy that ticket. So I'll be able to do this two, three times a year. So it's not daily usage, but if this platform works, you could make that. Uh, and you have enough, you pull in enough people, you could increase that frequency, get more regular travelers onto your platform. But initially, you could just start with travel agencies, like white labeling the solution to them or selling this to them as, as a tool for them to add their group to another agency's group so that they have a bigger group and be able to charter a plane. Very well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very, that's what we've been doing manually till now. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group of different travel agents, and yeah, people are posting all the time. Anyone have group space, or anyone holding seats, or anyone, anyone have this, anyone have that, and no, each travel agent has his niche, and and no, uh, not everyone knows what the other guy has. Really, it can be so much more useful. The client comes to me. I, I don't have a good, you know, I don't have a good product. I don't have this product. I don't have a great price, but I know someone else does. But I don't know how to get in touch with that other person i just have to message a bunch of people that's not very conducive you know your your platform can help it can help solve that problem zach what jason has just said is enough validation to consider this this project it's something that already happens manual painful time consuming yeah. that you could digitize automate b2b is definitely uh i'd say more attractive from just like an ROI perspective, it's not as maybe exciting to some and myself included as kind of these bigger transformational plays that are B2C, but, you know, solving real business use cases and saving travel agents a ton of time, saving people money. Sounds like a great idea to me. Fantastic. Well, on that note, I don't want to take any more of both of your valuable, valuable time. Ali, you have software to engineer and develop that's going to take Jason and my jobs away, and Jason, you have uh, you have some flights <laughs> flights and seats to book. So, would love to hear 
you know, anyone to anyone that's listening to this, if anyone has any feedback about these ideas, is going to try to do some research and go and build it themselves, please, please let me know. Would love to get your thoughts, collaborate, and support if any of these ideas speak to you. So thanks, everyone, so much for your time, uh, and have a wonderful day. This podcast is made possible by EasyPoint, a new service that helps both small businesses and consumers formulate a personalized miles and points strategy. If you're interested in maximizing your earnings or have any questions, please check out our website at easypoint.me. Thanks, and have a great rest of your week.